The show you love with even more local, local news, news and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Thursday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas, your concierge for conversation right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And a little note here coming from the hallowed halls of our capital in Sacramento, California. Uh, Just getting notice about an hour ago that the bill that would decriminalize some psychedelic drugs in California apparently has been approved by the Assembly Appropriations Committee. So apparently that bill is uh, on its way, and I suppose it will ultimately be approved in, in California here. Earlier today, oh, what about two hours ago, our Attorney General... Merrick Garland held a press conference. It was, uh, if I could sum it up in one word, the one word would be unremarkable. And I really wasn't even going to play any excerpts from that today, except that I went back and I listened to it for a second time. And I think it's important that we visit four or five points. There was about a four-minute press conference. He took no questions. Uh, But I think there are some things that that we need to note, that that we need to remember, that that we need to put in our collective memories today about what uh, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland said today. Again, uh, really an unremarkable four minutes or so, but there were some things I think that are worthy of note. Let's, uh, let's start with uh, this statement early on. Just now, the Justice Department has filed a motion in the Southern District of Florida to unseal a search warrant and property receipt relating to a court-approved search that the FBI conducted earlier this week. That search was of premises located in Florida belonging to the former president. I may be incorrect. I don't think he ever used the words Donald Trump. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) Why do you think that is? Why just the former president? All right, so uh, let's proceed to his next statement here. All Americans are entitled to the even-handed application of the law, to due process of the law, and to the presumption of innocence. Huh. So do you think that of late we've been seeing the even-handed application of the law by the Federal Department of Justice and the FBI? As you look at what is at least a two-tiered justice system, I, I don't I don't see that. I don't I don't see an even-handed application of the law. I see uh, a, for example a, a grandma who happened to be there on June, uh, January 6, 2021, uh, having to do uh, some time, I see Hunter Biden still running free and frolicking, doing what he does when he frolics. And I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't believe that we've seen 
an even-handed application of the law, and I don't think this incident yesterday was an even-handed application of the law. Now, here's an affirmation. This is important, and this is one of the reasons I'm, I'm reviewing this today. Here's an affirmation of what we thought about the Attorney General and his knowledge of this raid on Monday. I personally approve the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. All right, so we have that confirmed. Uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland signed off on the warrant for the raid on Monday. All right, so his fingerprints are on it. I don't think we had any doubt about that, but now we we know for sure, and uh, he felt it was important to let America know that it came to his desk and he approved it. Now, what's curious is that if the etern- eternal... <laughs> uh, there's another Freudian slip. Not eternal. The <laughs> Attorney General of the United States of America signed off on that. Do you really believe that he did not brief the White House? Do you really believe that the Attorney General of the United States did not let the White House know that the FBI was going to do a raid on the home of the former, most recent president of the United States before President Biden, and possibly the next candidate, the next Republican candidate for president? Do you really believe that Merrick that uh, Merrick Garland did not let the White House know. We may we may never know that, and uh, we've been talking of late about about truth and and credibility and and how I I just don't have trust in the federal government anymore. So I'm I'm not uh, I'm not convinced. But be that as it may, the next statement, and I really wanted to bring this up. The next statement is very curious. It seems counter to the way the warrant was executed. And this is one of the reasons I decided to to play a couple of these uh, statements today. Listen to this very carefully. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Huh. Do you think that matched up with what happened on Monday? This is quick. It's about 10 seconds. Let me play it again with these questions in mind. If the Department of Justice's standard procedure is to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search or a raid, why did that not happen? What do you think he's doing? Is he distancing himself from the FBI's decision to do the raid the fbi was on site for nine hours is that evidence that there was a a narrow scoped search let's listen to this again where possible it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken i don't think that happened on monday maybe i missed something I I don't think that happened. I, I don't think they went with the less intrusive means. I don't think they went with the standard procedure. And if that is the standard procedure, to seek less intrusive means uh, as an alternative to a search and a raid, why did that not happen? 
And I'm wondering if he's trying to distance himself from the way that the FBI acted. Do you think uh, Christopher Ray decided to do this in a in a different way? Maybe he's not aware that the DOJ standard procedure is to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search like this. And again, when he talks about uh, a narrow-scoped search, the FBI was on site for, what, nine hours? Something here is not right. It, it just doesn't ring true. Now, uh, are you surprised that Attorney General Merrick Garland did not take any questions? Here's how the press conference ended. This is all I can say right now. More information will be made available in the appropriate way and at the appropriate time. Thank you. Thank you all for your questions. But as I said, this is all I can say at this time. Well, he really didn't say much. Uh, we, I, I guess the big thing that we know right now is that he did sign off on, uh, on the warrant and that, uh, according to him, the normal SOP, Standard Operating Procedures, is to seek less intrusive means of obtaining information uh, as an alternative to a search or a raid. And our question is, why didn't that happen? And if, they, uh, if, if the warrant is supposed to be narrow in scope, how come it took the FBI nine hours? A lot of questions here. I don't, I don't know but what his little press conference here <laughs> raised more questions than he answered. Again, in total, I would say it was fairly unremarkable. And he noticed in that first clip that he talked about the fact that the Department of Justice has uh, filed a request with the proper authorities with the courts in Florida to have the warrant unsealed. I think that's very interesting. I've, I've read the five-page uh, request to have that unsealed, and the, it sounds good. Basically, uh, the attorney, uh, uh, attorney general and uh, the people who may have written that for him, they're, they're saying to the court, look, uh, Donald Trump made it known. It might not have been known otherwise, but he made it known. The American public knows about this raid. The American public has questions and basically, they're saying if you balance the fact that the warrant has already been served against the fact that it was sealed, that it may be within the public's interest and through uh, the Department of Justice's interest to unseal it so that the public knows what was on that warrant. I think that was a good idea. Again, I'm just wondering. I don't know. I'm hypothesizing here. I'm wondering if he's trying to distance himself a bit from the way the FBI conducted this. Well, we can think about that, talk about it in a few minutes. Our phone number, 209-551-3483. Again, issues of trust. I have no issues of trust. In fact, I trust uh, Dan Phipps when it comes to selling a house. Right now, interest rate rates high. They're, they're going up. They're hiking up. Uh, they're causing s home prices to, to slow in some areas. But 
Dan can still help you get top dollar for your home right now. If you're worried about leaving money on the table, well, call the agent I recommend. His name is Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary system, it's designed to maximize your sales price. It guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or Dan will sell it for free. You're in complete control. There's no required costly repairs, no long-term contracts. You pick your move date. Matthew and Misty in Riverbank, they they said they had a mess with their rental home. They were getting less than their mortgage payment, and they owed more than they thought they could get in a sale. They went to Dan. Dan, Dan, they said, delivered a miracle. In fact, he set a record price for their neighborhood and freed them to do what they need to do from this point. So call Dan Phipps. Dan is the man I recommend. He's the only agent to guarantee multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S.com. Coming up in three minutes, we'll talk about Merrick Garland and his press conference today. All that coming up in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We just listened to uh, excerpts from Attorney General Merrick Garland and his press conference earlier today. Again, in my summary, pretty unremarkable, but some interesting statements that uh, that we reviewed a few minutes ago. What do you think? Is he being straight up with us? Is he being truthful, Merrick Garland? What about the FBI? Is the FBI beyond repair here? Does it need to be restructured? What do you think? 209-551-3483. What about your experience? Have you had any experience with the FBI? I have, uh, but not as a citizen. I've had experience with the FBI as a fellow law enforcement officer, and they were all positive. And this goes back mm, 35, 40 years now. And my most recent experience was when I was a, um, a law enforcement chaplain and uh, partnered with the FBI in, in helping some folks who uh, were unfortunately in a, in a position where a loved one had, had been killed. And uh, I had a great experience with the FBI folks I was working with. They were, were very sensitive to the family, conducted themselves well. So in my experience, has been positive. I'm looking, however, <laughs> at the last year and a half to two years, and I'm, I'm thinking something needs to be done. What about you? 209-551-3483, our number. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Debbie and Stanislaus, what's your evaluation of what we heard from Merrick Garland today? Um, First of all, I want to make it very clear. Again, more than once I've said it to you. I have total 100% respect to you. More than you even know how highly I think of you, Mr. Douglas. More than you can ever know. What you've done for this county, I'm in awe. And I'm not saying it to impress you. I'm telling you the truth. If it wasn't for you and whoever helped you bring this station to this county, We ought to bow on our knees to them. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a voice at all, would we, Mr. Douglas? Now I'll talk to you about the FBI. I respect all the time you spent 
whether it was Southern California, the Bay Area, here, I don't really care where it was. The FBI has always been crooked, and I can prove it. I had friends that were married to the FBI, literally. They have never been con- they've never been conscientious to the American people. I'm sick and tired of hearing that man talk. I've heard him several times today because I want to hear everything all the time, no matter who's talking. We're so tied up right now that we better get on our knees and pray like we've never prayed before. Because even if we win the election, even if we do, we've got one hell of a time ahead of us. Because every single solitary one of the Democrat establishment, and I mean all of them, even the ones here in this, this county, they're all connected at the hip with the federal, the whole nine yards. And I, I can prove all that, too. We're going to have to do a whole lot more than just vote. We're going to have to get active. And we're going to have to stand up with the help of God. And we're going to have to defend, first of all, our police and our military. And our military need us. And I haven't heard one person talk about our military. All those people that have lost their jobs because they didn't take a vaccine. Their retirements were taken away from them. They gave up their lives for decades for us. I don't hear anybody talking about that. Garland's a liar. He's a cheat. He's bought and paid for. And if any of you believe any single sentence that that man said, you're in big trouble. And I'm not joking with you. I know a whole lot more than you think I know. And again, I can prove it. And one of these days, I'm going to have the guts to say it on this station. I saw what Georgia did at 3 a.m. in the morning. This election was fixed. And I'm not lying. You can give me a hundred polygraphs. I'm not lying. I no, we I, I we we believe you and in, in your uh, your opinions there, Debbie. Let let me react uh, a, a little bit to uh, some of what you said re- regarding Merrick Garland. Uh, I think and 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 today may have solidified it. Uh, I think the actions of the past couple of days have solidified it. The uh, posture, the credibility, the character of the Federal Department of Justice is in the tank. It really is. And I, I think there's plenty of blame to share across the board. Uh, Merrick Garland, I think, needs to go. Uh, he needs to step out. He's uh, immaterial, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think he's effective. I don't think he's a, a good attorney general. I don't think he's doing his job well. I don't think he's even-handed. He talked about how uh, the, the mission is to be even-handed and such. I think he is uh, failing in that particular uh, mission. And I think in general that uh, and I, I always think we need to be a little bit careful about broad brush strokes. And uh, I hear you about uh, FBI or at least family of FBI that that you've known and such. Uh, I, I just have to say this. There have been stand-up, credible, uh, good, honest men and women of integrity that I have worked with uh, with the FBI. And we see that there are others who don't have that character, who don't have that integrity, who don't have that honesty. And again, and, and you're right on this, Debbie, you go back uh, to the days of J. Edgar Hoover. J. Edgar Hoover was no Boy Scout. And uh, if you, by the way, if you want to get a, a good take on that, uh, one of Bill O'Reilly's uh, books 
is uh, killing the mob, I think it is. He, he talks a lot about the founding of the FBI and J. Edgar Hoover. Interesting history there. And we, we know that the FBI has not walked on water uh, for its history. So, uh, but, so what I'm saying is I have known individuals within the FBI who were stand-up, honest men and women of integrity, and I enjoyed working with them. Right now, as an agency, I think it's suffering. And what it's suffering from is those things that ought to stand for, like honesty, integrity, even-handedness, participating in the rule of law, where it is supposed to be even-handed, where justice is supposed to be blind. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter what political party you're in. It shouldn't matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. It shouldn't matter whether your name is Donald Trump or Hunter Biden. You should be treated the same. And we're not seeing that. And we're not seeing that that even-handed approach. And so I think in, in terms of Merrick Garland himself, he is failing, he has failed, and I would assume he will continue to fail in his role. As far as the FBI is concerned, Something, I think, radical needs to be done. Whether it's a restructuring, I don't know, but something radical needs to be done to save that agency. And we've heard some suggestions about splitting it up and assigning it to various uh, federal departments. We'll we'll explore that in in a little bit. And I want to bring uh, some comments by Alan Dershowitz again to the fore because I think that will help us in our evaluation and thinking through Uh, this past week, and especially the comments of our Attorney General Merrick Garland as well. All that's coming up in five minutes right here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Merrick Garland, what an interesting character. Our U.S. Attorney General. And remember that Barack Obama nominated Merrick Garland to be on the Supreme Court of the United States. That <laughs> brings up an interesting thought. I know I know it's a false choice, but let's let's just put it out there. So would you rather have Merrick Garland at the moment as our e- attorney general or would you rather have Merrick Garland as a Supreme Court justice? Hmm. 209-551-3483, our number here, 209-551-3483. Now, again, Attorney General Merrick Garland, has his office has petitioned the court in Florida to unseal the warrant and I believe the contents of the list of the property the receipt, so to speak, of what was taken from Donald Trump's Florida property. As part of that five-page ask of the court to unseal these documents, it contains a couple of statements in there that the court needs to consider whether 
Donald Trump would agree to have those unsealed. So here's an interesting here's an interesting question. Donald Trump could say, no, I don't want those documents unsealed. Do you think that Donald Trump should say, yes, I want those documents. I want that search warrant unsealed. You think that would be a good move for him? 209-551-3483, our number 209-551-3483. We've heard uh, quite a bit, both on our program here on The Mike Douglas Show, and if you've been listening to other news outlets as well, you've heard a lot from Alan Dershowitz this week, and, and, and that's rightly so. Alan Dershowitz is probably... I would say the world's foremost offense attorney. He's also a a well-known former emeritus professor of law at Harvard University, a very, very bright man. And what I appreciate about Alan Dershowitz is that even though I may not agree with him on many things, although on many things I do agree with him, he is always a man of principle who stands on his principles. He, he doesn't move the goalpost, so to speak. He doesn't move the goal line. He stands firm on the principles that he believes in. In fact, I uh, just recently picked up his book. Let me uh, reach over here and get it. Uh, published this year. It's called The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences. I just received it, been uh, just started it, but the price of principle, why integrity is worth the consequences. The reason I bought this is I want to get into his head. I want to understand how Alan Dershowitz really thinks. And I am intrigued by the fact that he has endured the scorn and the cancel of the cancel culture for standing on principle. He, he says, he, he comes right out and says, although I have always been a liberal Democrat, I have never put party over principle. I have never put party over principle. What do we see happening in our federal government today? I believe this whole issue with the serving of the search warrant and subsequent raid on Donald Trump's house in Mar-a-Lago, Florida, is all about putting party over principle. The principle, and, and Merrick Garland articulated that for us today, did he not? He talked about the fact that the standard operating procedure is to go for a, a less aggressive form of, in, of obtaining information other than this type of a, a warrant, and this type of a raid. Right? He says the Department of Justice standard procedure is to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search like this. Well, why did that not happen? And I would propose, I'm um, looking at uh, just, just the, the theories that Alan Dershowitz is laying out in his book, I believe that The federal government for the past 18 and a half to 24 months has been putting party over principle. Has been putting party over principle. 
when you put party over principle, that means that the ends justify the means, right? So anything that we do, we can be deceptive, we can be dishonest. It's all okay as long as it winds up in our favor. Alan Dershowitz is saying no. As a liberal Democrat, he's saying no, that, that's not right. So where is this coming from? Where, how about our youth of today? Where are they headed? Where are they headed with, with principles? Alan Dershowitz makes this statement. We are teaching students by example that they will be better off being politically correct than principally consistent. Wow. We are teaching students by example. In other words, we're not just teaching this in school. We're not just unzipping their heads and pouring this into their heads. By example, as young people of today are watching their elders, are watching people that they may or may not respect, but at least uh, people that are older, as as the younger generations are watching what's happening right now, Alan Dershowitz is saying, we're teaching them that they will be better off by being politically correct rather than principally consistent. What's happened to principle in the United States of America? What's happened to morality? What's happened to ethics? Is it still there? Yes. Yes, I'm in the community enough to where I see within our communities and our neighborhoods I see righteous people. I see people with ethics. I see people with morals. But they don't grab the headlines, do they? It's those people who are attempting to destroy ethics, who are destroying principles, who are trying to turn truth upside down on its head. They are the ones that get the headlines. Why? Because the media is complicit in this. And so what's, what, what, what's our means of reversing this? Our means of reversing this is that we must conduct ourselves with integrity, with ethics. That's why I'm very sorry to see this story about this goofball, that's a theological term, this goofball today who in uh, Cincinnati went to the uh, FBI uh, visitor screening facility apparently and uh, set off an alarm of of some sort, and he went outside and he fired a nail gun at the building? Only somebody with mental problems would would fire a nail gun at an FBI building. He's obviously not thinking right. And then that wound up being, uh, what, a six-hour siege with uh, pursuits happening, and uh, they wound up uh, going north on Interstate 71 there in Ohio, and ultimately uh, there was a standoff, and I believe he was shot, don't think dead. I'm not sure what his injuries are. But anyway, it ended with him uh, firing a gun apparently at, uh, at pursuing law enforcement, and uh, he was uh, he exchanged gunfire with with law enforcement. Apparently, I think it last this whole thing lasted about six hours. We do not need that. The problem is that there are mentally ill people on all strata of 
political scales. And this kind of thing, this kind of action by the FBI to someone who's mentally unstable will will set some of them off, as this man did today. And we need to guard against that in terms of our rhetoric. We need to be careful how we articulate things. We need to be careful what words we use, what attitude. Should we say, hey, we are outraged by the actions of the FBI. If we feel that way, we need to say that. If we feel that the FBI acted in a non-even-handed manner, in a manner that was prejudicial against uh, the former president of the United States and a possible candidate for president in 2024, we need to say that. But we don't need to act and say things that promote violence. That is the last thing we need to do. We have a rule of law here. And the way to win this battle is using the rule of law because it is the truth that will set us free. And that's my commitment to you that we'll keep bringing the truth here as best we can in order for us to have a successful midterm election in November, November 8, coming up in 2022, and then a presidential election, the big election in November of 2024. And it is by you and I influencing our spheres of influence that will accomplish this. We need to announce what's true. And we need to call, we need to call the balls and strikes as we see them when it comes to the federal government. And what we've seen over the past 18 to 24 months from the Federal Department of Justice is injustice. And we need to say that. That's part of the freedoms that we have. And we need to say that without being worried about what's going to happen to us for exercising our free speech. And that takes some guts. That takes some guts. Now, why, why, why don't we just crawl into the fetal position and give up? Why don't, don't we just say, okay, it's all over, we're going we're gonna to curl up here, and as long as I have uh, three meals a day and I can get by, we'll just let the world go the way it's going. Why should we not do that? Well, let me give you a quick story in about three minutes about a na- man named Pastor Martin Niebuhler in Germany. He, was, he started out as a defender of Nazism, of a defender of the German state. In fact, in World War I, he commanded German U-boats. Incredible story, and he has, I think, some of the pearls of wisdom that you and I need to keep in the back of our minds that should embolden us to call it the way we see it, and to confront the injustice that we see in the government of California and the government of the United States of America. That story, that quote, coming up in three minutes. Here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. 
Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Been talking about the fact that Attorney General Merrick Garland has uh, issued a request uh, of the court in Florida that they unseal the warrant that was uh, used Monday to search former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home there and uh, to, I believe, as well, unseal the list of what the FBI retrieved from there. So what do you think for uh, President Trump? Do you think he should object to the unsealing, or do you think he ought to say, yes, please unseal that document? You think that's to his advantage? 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Our number here. Long time ago, World War I, a pastor, he wasn't a pastor yet, but his name was Martin Niemöller. He uh, started out as a a defender of Nazism, the German state. He actually commanded German U-boats previously in World War I. However, ultimately, he ran afoul of Adolf Hitler, and uh, he he wound up being uh, uh, accused of treason. A German court said, nope, sorry, uh, Mr. Uh, Adolf Hitler, uh, he's not guilty of treason. So Adolf Hitler had him taken as uh, a private prisoner, and he put Mr. Niemöller in prison. And when I say in prison, it was in the, both the Schaschenhausen and the Dachau concentration camps. Bad places to be. So Pastor Martin Niemöller got to think a lot while he was in uh, those concentration camps. And uh, later he was uh, freed by the Allies in 1945. But he made some very famous reflections that have really echoed throughout the decades. And this is why uh, I lend this to the wisdom that we must, no matter what the consequences may be, we must push back on injustices. We must push back on the attempts to destroy the tenants of the United States of America that were built into the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and the Bill of Rights. We must do that. We, I believe we should do that in a peaceful way. We should do it according to the rule of law. I think Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, was a good example of that, but he was also an example of facing the consequences of being bold about what you believe in about standing for principle above politics, about standing for principle above pressure. Here's what Pastor Martin Niemöller wrote later on following the end of World War II, and and he struggled. He struggled with the fact that he, as a pastor, had supported Hitler. He had supported the Nazis. He bought off on some of the anti-Semitic early policies that he saw. He didn't speak up, and, and he, he felt guilt over that. Here's what he wrote, and, th- and this is just something I offer you 
as an inspiration to be bold, to keep on keeping on, to never give up, and that, at least for my part, I'm willing to sacrifice what needs to be sacrificed to call out what's true, to bring things into the light of truth. Here's what he said. First, they came for the communists, and I did not speak out because I was not a communist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. So you see my point, friends, if, if we crawl up into a little ball, if we get into the fetal position, if we just cry and whimper, woe is me, things are bad, and, and, and all, we, all we do is just criticize those who may be causing it, we're not helping, the, we're not helping bring things into the light. We need to be accurate. We need to be well-researched. We need to be well-read. We need to be well-rounded. And we need to stand upon the principles of the worldviews that we believe in. When we begin to sacrifice the principles that we believe in, all may be lost. And there are pastors that I know who I, I'm not going to name any. If they're to be confronted, I will do that privately. But I see some pastors waffling on these issues. Well, I don't want to offend the culture. I don't, I don't want to offend people sitting in the congregation. I don't want to lose any more families. I don't want to lose the income. I don't want to lose any more members, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to offend anybody. You know what? Jesus offended the whole world. So much so, they tore the flesh off his back, tortured him, and then put him on a cross and killed him the way that they would kill the worst of criminals. <laughs> if we're to be effective, those of you who are people of faith, if we're to be effective, we need to stand up and be willing to take the hits we need to take for what's true. Else we wind up like Pastor Martin Niemöller. Came for the communist, I didn't speak out because I wasn't one. They came for the trade unionist, unionist didn't speak out because I was not one. Came for the Jews, I didn't speak out, I wasn't one of them. Then they came for me, there was no one left to speak for me. I don't want to be in that position. Do you? Let's be bold and forge ahead. We'll do more of that in five minutes on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The show you love, talking about the issues that are important to you. The voice of the valley, The Mike Douglas Show. Now, every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here again is your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back to The Mike Douglas Show as we head into hour number two here on Power Talk 
1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas with you, your personal concierge for conversation as we take a look at the topics of the day that really do affect you and me right here in California's Central Valley, where the whether they occur here in Modesto or Merced or Stockton, you name it, or whether it's happening in Washington, D.C., it all ultimately does affect us here. Uh, we talked about today, of course, the press conference from Attorney General Merrick Garland. Uh, the basic update there is that he is requesting that the court in Florida unseal the warrant that was uh, served upon uh, former President Donald Trump's residence at Mar-a-Lago on Monday. It'll be very interesting to see how Donald Trump responds to that. He has the right to say, no, I don't want it uh, unsealed. I, I can't imagine. I, the, the way that Donald Trump operates, I, I, th- I would assume that he would think it was to his advantage to have that, um, to have that unsealed so that the American people can see what the FBI was actually looking for and whether or not they found it. So it'll be interesting to see how he uh, he responds to that. And in the context of all that, of uh, the FBI's actions, put yourself, let's say you were one of the FBI agents. You're just, you're not up there in the high command. You're, you're not based... Uh, at the J. Edgar Hoover Building in Washington, D.C. You, you are a rank-and-file FBI agent, and you're told that you are going to serve a warrant upon Donald Trump's residence at Mar-a-Lago, and you show up there. Do you think any of them had any crisis of conscience? What do you think? If you were one of those FBI agents, would you have a crisis of conscience? Would you possibly say to yourself, this doesn't seem right. This just this doesn't seem right that we're doing a raid on the former president of the United States of America and a possible candidate for president in 2024. Especially if you're thinking about, why aren't we doing anything about Hunter Biden. What Would you have a crisis of conscience? Would, would you be willing to say to your superior, at the risk of getting a, a dud assignment that's not in Florida, say, I'm, I'm, this doesn't sound right. I don't want to participate in it. Well, Mike, you're, you've been part of a chain of command system. You can't do that. Yeah, you can. You just have to be willing to suffer the consequences. And back in my law enforcement days, I had one or two incidents where I I very respectfully, but I went to higher ups and I said, I'm sorry, I can't participate in this. I, I don't feel it's right. And God was good to me in that I had a good reputation. I had a relationship with those higher ups and and they said, all right, Mike, all right, understand. But I was willing to accept whatever consequences there were. And maybe the consequence is, well, instead of being part of this elite team that's going to go do a raid on the former president of the United States residence, we are going to detail you to go 
guard alligators in the Everglades. I'm sure FBI doesn't do that, but I'm just using as an example. Would you be, or have you, let me ask you this, have you been in a position where you had a crisis of conscience and you were at that fork of the road where you had to say, I'm either willing to accept the consequences of standing up for what I believe in, or I'm I'm just going to go along with the flow. You had an experience like that? 209-551-3483, our number, 209-551-3483. As we know, and I think it's been Kevin McCarthy who has said this, that there have been some FBI agents over the past couple of months that have been so-called whistleblowers, that have said, we don't like what we see going on. The problem right now is that there's not enough opposition presence to the very corrupt system the toxic system in Washington, D.C., there's not enough votes to have any effect, is there? And that's why November 8 becomes so important. We need to deal with this. We're not just dealing with differences in, in, in public opinion. We're not just dealing with differences in, uh, in, in political perspectives and over the details of accomplishing maybe the same kind of goal We are talking about corruption at the highest levels of federal government. Let's leave the state of California off to the side for a moment. Let's just talk about the federal government. And that's why I believe that that we, we have to be willing to very calmly, but in the light of truth, announce what we believe to be true within our spheres of influence. Because you, you're going to find there are some people who are not as well-read as you. You're going to find people who haven't done the research that you have. And you may find that they may be grateful that you are bringing another perspective. And the way to do that is not beat them down and tell them that they're dumb, that they're missing the point. The way to do that is to establish a relationship with them, listen to what they have to say, be curious about why they believe what they believe, and then we earn the right to say what we believe. And so this rule of law becomes very interesting. And I, we're, we're going to have a little test of that in a couple of minutes um, in, regarding the whole Scott Peterson case. This, this is a good way to, to, uh, to test that theory of whether we believe in the rule of law or not. Talking about the rule of law, let's uh, go to Modesto and to the phones 209-551-3483. John from Modesto, you have some thoughts about the rule of law. Well, yeah, I just think it's part of America. We wouldn't have a country if there wasn't a rule. And and for the president of the United, or ex-president of the United States to set an example of taking stuff that wasn't his, stuff that endangered lives, uh, materials of, of secret classifications, and that just he was given every opportunity to turn it over. I want to know why you think he's keeping it. Well, let's let's talk Why about that. Why would he want that stuff? Okay, well, let's talk about that for a moment, John. Uh, yeah, the materials, 
Why, why, why do you think the materials aren't his? Because they belong to the government. They belong to the job. You can't, as a government employee, take home all your files and stuff like that. He can't take things like that. And why would he? Well, yes, he can. Why would he? He, he is allowed. Oh, no, he can't. He is allowed to take uh, Barack Obama. He, has, why, did they just, why, did they, why did a judge just say he has to turn him over? The judge doesn't why know what he has. The, what they're doing is they're they serving a they're they're serving a warrant to find Wait, out guy, if the, the guy's a the guy's a crook and you know it. Uh, are are you going to let the me guy's finish? A okay, I'll let no, you. No, I'm <laughs> telling you. No, you're, uh, I I can't believe. I'll the let you, you guys. Okay, I'll let you finish, it. John, and then I'll react. Go ahead. I'll I'll give you the last word here, and then I'll react. Well, I'm just saying nobody's above the rule of law. He knew that was wrong. No telling why he wanted those files. You know, those files contain things that could endanger people's lives. He took those things. He was given every opportunity to give them back. He was subpoenaed. He was talked to. He was promised to do it. He didn't do it. He was, and he had no right to have that stuff. So, you know, they followed the rule of law. And they, and, and, and they served him, and he wouldn't turn it over, so they went and got it. And I'm glad they did. And I'm sure that the agents knew that's their job, and they had no trouble with it. So that's the last word for me. Okay. All right, John, appreciate, appreciate your viewpoint. Uh, now I'm, I'm going to react to it, if you don't mind. Uh, those files are his. Uh, there are things called presidential libraries. Presidential libraries are full of things that belong to the President of the United States. Uh, those files are his. The question is whether he has, the question in, in the minds of the FBI and, and the Attorney General is, does he have files that are classified? Now, who decides what files are classified or not? The President of the United States. And he was the President of the United States. So, uh, John, I would submit it is not accurate to say that those boxes are not his. They are his. He's the president of the United States, and the president of the United States is allowed to take his files with him. Now, in June, he had conversations with the FBI. In fact, he invited the FBI to come to Mar-a-Lago, and he was there with them, and he told them, you're free to look at what you want to look at, and, and the FBI did, and the FBI said, well, look, we, we think that you ought to put these particular materials behind a more secure area. You need to put a lock on them. So uh, Donald Trump had his, I'm sure he didn't do it personally, but he had his people put a lock on them. So he, they, they didn't ask him for any files at that time. They were there. They, they didn't take any files. They didn't ask him for any files. They just told him to put them behind a lock, which he did. And then on Monday, they came in with a warrant with no previous announcement, which, which is their legal right. If they have a warrant, then they can do that. And they broke the very lock that they had asked him to put on there. Now, in, uh, in, in relation to the uh, archives... The National Archives are saying, we want those particular papers. 
And so he's been doing battle with the National Archives, which is his right to do. Uh, The president of the United States is not obligated to walk out of the White House with no papers. That that's his uh, that's his responsibility. So I, I, I appreciate your viewpoint, John. I got gotcha. you. I understand where you're coming from. I hope, though, that maybe you'll consider what, what I've said as well. All right, my friends, we'll continue the conversation here on the Mike Douglas Show. Our phone number, 209-551-3483. What do you think about John's comment? Uh, do you think that Donald Trump did not have the right to have those boxes and that they don't belong to him? Hmm. 209-551-3483. We'll continue the conversation in three minutes right here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to the Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, talking about the rule of law. And is it being applied judiciously to this issue of the search warrant, the raid at uh, Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home? What do you think? 209-551-3483. Bill from Modesto. What do you think, Bill? Hi, Mike. Uh, First of all, I want to thank you for eloquently um, uh, making your case on how to listen to the other party and allow your chance to reciprocate. I'm sorry the other caller was blindsided in his own thinking, but uh, you very eloquently put that, and I, I think I like that. It's very good. Um, the rule of law, I'll tell you what. I do uh, contracting, and I'm retired now. We have to follow certain rules and regulations, mm. but it does seem it's real clear there's double uh, rules for one person's and rules for another. And I don't understand the whole FBI idea. Like you said, they were out there earlier. They saw the paperwork, put a lock on it, and they came back and busted the lock up. In my opinion, I'm far from being in the know. I thank you for giving us more information than what the uh, other news gives. I didn't realize they were out there earlier, and thank you for that. But uh, what do we do? I know we're just on our own little town crier box and we don't have any solutions and i've written to our local uh, josh harder and what have you and in my opinion it seems like once they get elected they're their own little tin god and uh, dictators just my opinion uh, it's frustrating what it I it is bill yeah and and i think this this plays into what we were talking about earlier regarding alan dershowitz uh this issue of identity politics uh, that we ought to stand upon principle above politics, and I don't, I don't think we're, uh, I don't think we're seeing that today. Bill, thanks for your call. Appreciate your kind words as well. I uh, really do. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go very quickly before we hit the bottom of the hour here to uh, John in Brentwood. Our phone number here two zero nine five five one three four eight three. John, what are your thoughts today? Oh, real quick, I think John from Modesto, I think Trump is just living in his head, rent-free, 24 hours a day. Um, this whole FBI thing, you know, they they had the Hillary high dri- hard drives. They didn't look into that. They had Eric Swalwell, who was sleeping with a Chinese spy. That got brushed aside. 
You got Hunt, the whole Hunter Biden fiasco being brushed aside. Nancy Pelosi's husband making millions of dollars off of companies whose con- where our Congress passes laws that actually helps those companies, and then he invests in their stock. There's, Nancy says, "Oh, there's nothing to see here," and everybody looks the other way. You got Joe Biden showing that he was at least 14 times in conference calls with Hunter and investors from China and the Ukraine while he was vice president. There's nothing being done about that. We're going to break into Trump's home and look for some papers that he might have. This whole thing is political. And if anybody can't see that, then I got some oceanfront property in Arizona that I love to sell them real cheap. I think you make a good point, John. Let me let me play this quote from uh, Mr. Garland from this morning. All Americans are entitled to the even-handed application of the law, to due process of the law, and to the presumption of innocence. So what do you think, John? Are we getting that? No, we're not. And and it's 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 all over the place. I mean, it doesn't happen to us on the smaller side very often, although I did get put in Facebook jail again today. So oh, no. but, um, it, it, it's just it's, it's just it's just, you know, it's, it, it, it's not even handed. It's not. It, it's we had a little girl, uh, not a little girl, but a 21 a, a year old that graduated from the school. My wife works at some time ago. Um, she was killed a few weeks ago by a drunk driver who ran off the road and on the sidewalk and ran her over. And the driver of the car, the lady was released before the night was over. So we don't have any even-handed anything. It's just it's all it's all willy-nilly, and and if if you're on the right, you have a better chance of not getting any even-handed than if you're on the left. Proven by the riots and everything else that went on over the last couple of years. Well, and that is such a good point, John. As we look at the especially the the riots over the uh, summer of 2020, do we see those people being pursued and uh, and and brought to uh, justice the way they're pursuing those that were at the U.S. Capitol in uh, in January of 2021, January 6, 2021? No, and and so I think this is the crux of the issue. We're not seeing the justice is blind principle. What we're seeing is favoritism, and we're seeing a multi level uh, of uh, of justice. John, thanks for the call. Uh, good point. It's, Appreciate exactly. it. Exactly. You know, real quick, it, the, the mayor of Baltimore, I even said, let the people get it out of their system while they were rioting, which is it's just yeah. the whole thing is just we, we need to take the country back. That's just what has to happen. Yeah, I, I, I agree. John, uh, good, good, good wisdom there. I appreciate that very much. John from uh, Brentwood, some good nuggets of, uh, of wisdom there. And uh, here's something else to consider. Scott Peterson is getting a new trial. Remember, he was convicted of murder, of murdering his wife, Lacey, and their unborn child, Connor. Uh, And that was 20 years ago. And uh, he's going to get a new trial now, possibly. And so here's where we have to really bite the bullet and say, do we believe in the rule of law or not? If that juror indeed was compromised, if she lied on her jury application form, then the man probably is due a new trial, as much as that pains me to say. So sometimes the rule of law, we really have to bite the bullet and say, yeah, we got to live with something maybe we don't want to live with. We'll get uh, to Mike and other callers in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. Coming up on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Don't go away. 
Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and streamed on the iHeartRadio app. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, honored to be your concierge for conversation as we take a look at the issues of the day that affect you and me right here in the Central Valley. And we are so privileged to be able to have this live and local opportunity, 3 to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. I don't know about you. I look forward to this, and I look forward to your perspectives as well, where we can uh, examine these issues, like looking at a jewel, uh, examining these issues from all possible angles. That's good to do. That's good to do, even to hear things we may not want to hear. That's good, uh, because it helps us formulate our own opinions It helps us understand why we believe what we believe. And there are times when we learn things that may cause us to say, oh, maybe I need to rethink this. Let's go back to the phones talking about the rule of law. Is it being applied equitably uh, over the past week or so? Our number here, 209-551-3483. Let's go to Mike in LaGrange. Welcome, Mike. What's on your mind? Hey, I wanted to comment about the gentleman who called a couple calls before me. I think his name was John. Was that his name? Uh, well, we had the one or one two that, of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the second John, not the first John, not the second John, the one okay. who was talking about he was glad Trump got raided. Hey, um, you're so concerned about lives and security. Why aren't you worried about what happened to Hillary Clinton and the lives that were lost in the uh, Benghazi episode and the bleach pit and all the computers that she st- that she took and all the uh, uh, top secret documents that she bleach pitted and destroyed when they were under subpoena. Does he not have a memory for that? Or let's talk about Joe Biden and all the the big guy Joe Biden, not just Joe Biden, but the big guy and all the Chinese money and all the Ukraine money. Um, and about those 13 poor soldiers that died, soldiers, sailors, and airmen that died in uh, in Afghanistan and the $9 billion worth of equipment he left behind. You may want to think that out. I mean, you can't – it really perplexes me. We're all dumber for having listened to you, by the way, John. Um, it, it really perplexes me that, that people can't think that clearly – and obviously, he sounds like he's old enough to to reason, but you can't reason with people if they don't if they don't open their mind and, and really can wrap themselves around it. Because, quite frankly, uh, like you say, that was that that was all negotiated. They did that as a political stunt. I mean, if this guy's not smart enough to see that, uh, I mean, that's why we have a president with dementia right now. I mean, is because people can't think that clearly. It just disappoints me that you could tell that the guy is not able to um, decipher uh, right from wrong and, and good from evil. It's just it's just a shame that there's people out there like that. A lot of them. Believe me, there's a lot of them out there. Um, just heartbreaking to hear somebody that can't, can't think that far forward. Anyway, that's all I had to say. Uh, Mike, thank- all right, Mike, thanks yes. for the call as usual. I uh, appreciate that very much. Okay. 
Um, and and Mike, here let, let me react. Uh, offer this observation, and and this is not aimed, uh, John and Modesto. This is not aimed at you. I'm just making a a general statement here, and this comes back to uh, again this book that I'm reading by Ellen Dershowitz and something that I believe in very much, and that is that we need to elevate principle above identity politics. Now, identity politics can be, I'm a member of the Republican Party, or I'm a a member of the Democratic Party, and so whatever they say, I'm going to fall in line. I'm not going to think through it. Uh, Whatever they say, I'm going to do it. No, no, everything needs to be tested, and we, we even, uh, in, in terms of identity politics, we can get into uh, identity gender. Uh, if, if this uh, decision is not good for uh, the trans population, then, then we can't do it. Well, no, it's, it's, what's, what's good for America is not about what's just good for the trans people or what's good about the Christian people or what's good about the Republican people or what's good about the Democratic people, you name it. It's what is true. What is true about the subject? What are the principles involved? And our decisions really should be made based upon principle, not upon identity with the group, one of the groups that is involved in the conversation. You see what I mean? It's this identity politics that, that's getting us in, into so much, uh, so much trouble. And uh, you mentioned... Um, Mike from LaGrange, uh, the issues with Hillary Clinton, the, the issues, uh, well, and, and, and we think of the way that Maxine Waters has riled people up uh, against uh, Donald Trump and, and uh, other politicians as well. Some horrible things that they've said, they aren't, they aren't suffering from that. The FISA warrant, the people who, who lied about the uh, affidavits that supported the FISA warrants during Donald Trump's presidency, they really didn't suffer any uh, consequences. All right, let's go back to the phones. Talking about the rule of law and principle, our number here, 209-551-3483. And let's check in with Pete from Stockton. Hi, Pete. What's on your mind? Hi there. I mean, I communicate properly. You know, I have little uh, speech problems, but... I understand that the, the situation that's happening with Donald Trump is the same situation that happened with Obama, which nobody's talking about, where he had the same kind of boxes and information. And the same thing happened with uh, uh, Bush, President Bush. He took some boxes home and stuff, and they had to go uh, retrieve those boxes. But we don't hear anything about that. It's just uh, President Trump is such a bad guy, but same situation. That's it. Yeah, Pete, and by the way, you did excellently uh, with that, excellently articulating that. Thank you very much, Pete. Appreciate that thought. And Pete, I think one of the issues involved here is a lot of our population are allowing their emotions to get in the way of principle. And when we allow our emotions to get, emotions are important, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but when we look at issues and we make decisions, we need to look at the facts. We need to look at what we believe about the facts. 
And we need to look at how we emotionally respond to those facts. All those three need to be factored in before we reach a decision. The problem is so much of our population is solely solely depending upon their emotional response, and our emotions alone uh, give us the upside-down world that that we have. And so I, I think that's one of the issues. There is such a hatred for Donald Trump that emotional hatred is so strong that it, I think it does blind some people to being willing to think about what's true and the principles involved. Just my thought. Let's go back to the phones, 209-551-3483. We'll go up the road a piece to Rip and Phil. Hi, Phil. What's on your mind today? Hello, Mike. I talked to you about a month ago about the psychology of the Democrats and how they try to play games with us because we're such uh, short-term memory people mm-hmm. as, a, as a whole. I hope you remember me. I do, yes. But I got to tell you something. After the after all this stuff with uh, that's happening to Trump and he has the strength to fight back, I, am, I was kind of questioned whether I wanted to vote for him because I questioned whether he could bring our country together. But now I have no doubt we need him as president. And I want to express that to everybody that's out there who's got a question to mark as to who's going to be president. There's nobody on any ticket that's got the strength and fortitude to care about our country like him. And I just want to bring that up. Just got off the phone with Dan Phipps. He's selling my house, by the way. Oh, is that right? <laughs> Amen. Well, good. I Thank- called him. <laughs> I called him because of you and my respect for you. And he is everything and more you said. Oh, Phil, thank you for that. Well, I appreciate that very much. And I'm sure Dan Phipps does as well. Now, no, you're not moving too far away, are you? Well, sir, I'm moving to Oregon. You're I've moving had to Oregon. California. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, we're going to lose I'm going you. to Gold Beach. I'm going to have. You're going to lose me, but you're not going to lose my wit and soul because it's still here. <laughs> All right. Good enough, Phil. <laughs> thanks. I just, thanks for the thank call. Thank you so much for everything you do, Mike. You, you, you enhanced our, our area here immensely, and I thank you for that. All right. Uh, don't forget, Phil, there's that iHeartRadio app. You know, So as you're sitting there enjoying the wonderful environs of Oregon, you can always listen to us on the iHeart app. Uh, yeah, and you can even call in as well. We hate to lose you, Phil, uh, but understand that and uh, hope you do. Hope you do get uh, get to listen to us from time to time. All right, let's go back to the phones, 209-551-3483. Back to Modesto and Richard. Hi, Richard. Uh, what are your thoughts today? Well, just a quick comment. Uh, yeah, I had a neighbor here that moved to Oregon, another one moved to uh, Idaho, so that's kind of scary. But uh, I wanted to uh, remind people about the the uh, Clinton Foundation, where uh, Hillary sold 20% of our uranium reserves to Russia, and she got uh, 125 million cash into the Clinton Foundation, which is their money pit. And uh, also um, that uh, Clinton's uh, Bill Clinton. Uh, Paid for that jet, nineteen million that he flies around in. He pulled ten million cash out of the Clinton Foundation for spending money, and nobody seems to care. Uh, you know that I think she should have been uh, thrown in jail or shot for uh, selling Russia or uranium, uh, and then pocketing the money. You know, pocketing the cash. Nobody seems to uh, 
care. I care, but, you know, oh, what and, do you think? And again, Richard, I think the issue here is the equitable uh, use of the rule of law. Are we having that even-handed use of the rule of law that Merrick Garland talks about? And you and some other callers have pointed out, Richard, the answer probably is no. Richard, thanks for the call. Appreciate that so much. Uh, I'm going to be back in three minutes. I uh, have a couple of calls uh, holding Sean from Atwater. Hang in there, Sean. We'll get to you in three minutes right here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And let's get back to the phones here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And uh, let's hear from Sean from Atwater. Hi, Sean. Welcome to the show. What are your thoughts? Just want to throw this out real quick. If they had 20 agents, and it was only 15 boxes, and they're all located in one room. Why did it take them nine hours to get the 15 boxes out of that room? Well, apparently part of that was they were messing around in Melania's closet. Yeah, that's what I heard. Too, I, I, all they were after was these documents that supposedly he took. Why did they need to search the whole house? Why didn't they just take the 15 boxes and go? And and that's one of the conundrums here, uh, Sean. If is if 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 it was supposed to be a narrow warrant, it, uh, or the object of the warrant was it was a narrow field there that they were looking for. How come it took them nine hours? Uh, and so I think the unsealing of this is going to be very interesting. And just before I let you go, Sean, what do you think should should Donald Trump say yes? Open up, unseal those uh, that warrant, or do you think that uh, he should say no? Keep it, keep it sealed. I think you should open it because I'd like to see all the facts on who signed it, on what conditions, who was the uh, agent that was requesting the warrant, because I think it goes a lot deeper than that. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you, Sean. I I think he should as well. Sean, thanks so much for listening in Atwater. Thanks for your call today. Appreciate that very much. Let's go back to Modesto on the phones two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Tish from Modesto. What are your thoughts today, Tish? Hi, I just want. I love the show. Um, I just wanted to say that you know I've been doing a lot of research, like for the past three years since COVID hit, but. Um, and when and you're talking about facts, and when you do a little dig in, and when you do some research, and you start seeing the facts, whether they're negative or positive, you know, once you see the facts, you know the positive facts, they're the truth, and the negative facts, they're the truth too. And people need to realize that they need to. Uh, you know, uh, research some more. And then when you do that and you see the corrupt side and what they do, you know what goes on when things happen like the, um, you know, when they broke in and everything. I mean, they're so evil. But you know that once you've done some research and have found out the facts, good facts and bad facts, you know? 
anyway, that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Tish, Tish, I think this is a good point. I think the problem that we have in America right now is for some reason people, and I don't know what it is, and some of it may be generational. I mean, there was a generation, uh, and let me just uh, uh, explain it this way. Uh, for example, the uh, generation before me, when they're dealing with doctors, if the doctors say, I think you need to do this, they wouldn't question, oh, I have to do that, which caused my nurse practitioner yeah. wife to go nuts. She said, no, 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 wait a minute, you got to push yeah. back and ask them why. Well, what's that? What are the consequences? Yeah. I, I don't know if it's generational yeah. tish or what, but so many people are unwilling to ask questions and and being curious, I think, is a wonderful thing. And but with that curiosity, we also have to approach it this way. And that is, I may I have to be prepared for the fact that I may discover something that could potentially change my perspective. I, I think that's healthy, don't you? Yeah, I totally do. I mean, if I found out, you know, that all, you know, certain stuff is a big lie, then we found out it's a big lie. And then, or it's not tr untruth, you know. But um, the stuff that's going on now, it is not a lie. And, you know, everything has deeper meaning. And we should question, why, why is it this way? Why does this happen? Why, you know, why? Exactly. And, um, yeah. Well, you and, know what? I think part of it too. I I I just want to add this. I think part of it too is that the uh, media and everything. They, you know, nobody hears about it. Nobody hears about the stuff yes. they need to. to yes. You know. Great okay. point. Right on Thank the money. You. Hit the bullseye, Tish. You did. And and one of the big reasons, thanks for the call so much. Uh, great, great points there. Tish, I, I think bringing a, uh, one of the big points, one of the big issues we're dealing with today, and that is the problem of trying to find the truth because the press in general is no longer doing its job. The idea of a free press, the idea of the fourth estate, the idea behind the freedom of the press is that the the press would uh, would stand in some light of skepticism to say, all right, you say that, Mr. or Mrs. or Ms. Government, let's check it out. Let's see if that is true or not, and then do the research representing the public. Uh, so it's an adversary relationship, not an antagonistic relationship, which is basically what the press gave Donald Trump during his uh, his uh, tenure as president. But uh, it, it's supposed to be an adversarial relationship in the sense that what is said is going to be questioned. And the press is not doing that job by and large anymore. So there's a large uh part of our population, Tish, and I'm so glad you brought this up because it, 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 it's a driving issue in today's world. In general, there's a large portion of our population that never gets exposed to the truth. A, because they're so steeped in identity politics that it's like they have their fingers in both ears and they're going la 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 so they can't hear what else is going on but but the other thing is and, and and this is the way i approach it i'm i'm willing 
to listen to other points of view just to understand why other people believe they what they believe and to see if there is some nugget of truth there that I'm missing. I don't know that a lot of people are willing to do that. Tish, I applaud you for being one of those who does. All right, we'll continue. Great discussions today. We'll continue the discussion tomorrow right here on the Mike Douglas Show, 3 to 5 p.m. on What's on Your Mind Friday on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Have a wonderful evening.